The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So SpI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. SpI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Sam Kahneman texted me. He is in Munich, Germany, where they... Uh, they putting up memorial plaques at houses of his grandparents and great aunt and uncle who were kicked out by the Nazis and then subsequently killed. Uh, the mayor of Munich will be there. Sam, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day here in Munich, Germany. Tell, t- tell me how you became involved, or how, did they get a hold of you, or did you hear about the project uh, of of your, your relatives' homes? Well, actually, um, in 2009, I was in Berlin for the 20th anniversary of the fall of Berlin Wall. And I just, by chance, I noticed these, what they call them, stumbling stones or Stuppelsteins on the ground. And they would state the name of a person who used to live there and when they were died or approximately, you know, in the, in the Holocaust. And I thought uh, th- this would be something that would be uh, good to have it. The houses where my my grandparents lived and my father lived in uh, Munich, and but uh, I really didn't do anything. It was my niece who uh, they started in, in Munich. They didn't have they didn't do this. They they outlawed these stumbled stones. They thought they were disrespectful uh, because people could walk in them. So they started a different program in 2018 with plaques, memorial plaques on the walls. Uh, of the buildings where the uh, Holocaust victims uh, lived, and um, and then it got slowed down because of COVID, and then it started up recently. And so today, the uh, city of Munich is erecting the plaques at both, like you said, the home of my uh, great uncle and aunt uh, Max and Clementine Kramer, and then and my paternal grandparents Sigurd and Hedwig Schulein, and. Um, actually was here in 1973 in Munich as a student, guest student, and uh, I saw my uh, grandparents' house at that time. Uh, Sam, is the house still there, evidently? Are there people occupying the house as we speak? Well, well, actually, at the uh, where my grandparents lived at Sophie Stellastrasse 12, uh, it was up and it was destroyed partially in the war, but it was still standing in 1973. But now, since then, it's been torn down and a new house is built. But interestingly, the people who live at the house wanted to participate in the dedication ceremony, and they're going to be making a speech uh, or make, saying some words at the dedication ceremony later this afternoon. And um, I, I found out what happened was the Nazi government told my grandparents, you know, they said, you have to sell the house. Uh, it was like, you don't sell the house or sign it over, you'll be killed. So they signed it over for a way under market value, and then most of the sales price was taken away in, ta- in taxes. So they, you know, it was really, not, it's, legally there's a deed that says it was transferred to the German military, but in fact it was stolen. Uh, Sam, how old was your father when when he lived in this residence? And, and did he? I don't know how old you were when your father passed. Did he talk much about it? 
he didn't really talk too much about it, but uh, he was about 23, I think, when he immigrated to the United States. And the reason he came, he was the first one. He was one of six children, and he was the first one to come to the United States of the kids. And that was because he was at a stage where he he wanted to go to law school, but they they passed these uh, anti-Jewish laws, and Jews couldn't be lawyers, they couldn't be accountants, and so he figured, what would be the point of going to law school? I can't, you know, I'm not going to be able to practice law. So he, that's what spurred him to come to the United States. I don't think he really foresaw the, you know, the extermination of the Jews. I think it was a, for more economic reasons that he uh, came over. But it, it, in 1973, when I was here as a guest student, I was here with my uh, father's older brother, Werner Kahneman, my uncle, who was a pro- guest professor at that semester at the University of Munich, and he actually took me to the house uh, and showed it to me. How and much? he also took me to the Dachau concentration uh, I was going to say, he took me to the Dachau concentration camp where he was, he was actually oh my. an inmate there for a while. How much after, I mean, both your parents and your grand, or excuse me, your, your grandparents and, and aunt and uncle, they were all murdered by the Nazis. They were killed. Well, what happened? Yeah, my uh, my uh, my grandfather died. He was they were just before they were going to transport them all to the east. He died of stomach cancer. But my grandmother was transported to the east to Poland, a concentration camp in in Poland in 1942, and she died shortly thereafter. We're not even sure how she died. A lot of people when they got out of the trains, they were just shot shot down so we think that's what happened to her and then my aunt uh max kramer my uncle uh by marriage uh, he just died he died before they were did the transport but my aunt clementine kramer my father my grandfather's sister she was uh transferred to uh the theresienstadt concentration camp in what's now the czech republic and she died on uh, April 11th, 20, 40, uh, 1942. We know that. My grandfather, we don't even know the date she died. But, well, uh, how many how uh, many houses? Sam we happen or... to have a relative. I'm sorry. What? Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, I said we had a relative uh, named Levi who who knew uh, who was saw who survived uh, to raising Stadt, and he saw my great aunt Clementine Kramer there. He saw her, uh, she's biting into a rotten potato, and he warned her. He said, don't do that. That could kill you. And she said, uh, I know. Like, she wanted, you know, she wanted to get it over with. She wanted to, you know, she was in such pain. I think she had some severe stomach uh, ailment where you have severe diarrhea. I mean, the way they obviously treated these people was despicable. Sam, Sam, have you thought, I mean... I don't, maybe this will be when you actually experience it. Have you thought how you're going to handle this very, very touching, moving moment when they talk about your family and put these plaques on those houses? What do you think, as you go, what do you think is going to go through your mind? Well, what could have been, you know, I could have... No, I never knew uh, any of my grandparents. I mean, my mother's parents had nothing to do with it. She was from Chicago, so that 
had nothing to do with this, but my father's uh, uh, parents uh, very likely, you know, they actually, my uh, father and his siblings tried to get a visa from the United States to get the, parent, get the parents out of Germany, but they could never get anywhere. So I'll be thinking about, you know, what it would have been like to to know them. And I actually did witness one of these plaque ceremonies yesterday. The main, the great, the cantor, the singer for the main chief synagogue in Munich, his, uh, he also was killed in the Holocaust. They had a ceremony for putting up a plaque for him uh, by the synagogue. And his descendants, he actually has some great, great-grandchildren that live in Alton, Illinois. Her, there was a brother and sister. The brother lives in California now, but they grew up in Alton. The sister actually still lives in Alton. Mendelssohn is their name. So uh, I saw that was kind of a moving ceremony yesterday when they put the plaques up. How much in advance? For the uh, or his wife. How long yeah. ago, Sam, were you notified they were going to do this, and did you make plans immediately to go to Munich? Well, I wasn't sure I could go immediately, so we we knew about it, I think, in February. But I just recently was able to get a good deal on a plane ticket, so I decided to come over here and join many other people from my wow. family and um, these officials from the city of Munich. who They put up about 200 of these plaques so far, and they've got... Um, but the stumble stones, which started back in 2009, there's about 70,000 of those. And they've been called the world's largest decentralized monument to Holocaust victims. And one person described it as it's, you know, it's much more personal than you see these uh, massive uh, memorials like in Berlin or other places, uh, just a bunch of stones. And you don't really see the people that uh, are supposed to be represented by these monuments. But here you actually have the names, you know, the birth dates, the dates of death, and, you know, where, where they were deported to if that happened. And uh, so I think this is a much more personalized memorial yeah. where you can really feel the uh, feel the loss a lot more than these. Well, Sam, these, I, I, uh, I know it's getting, monuments. I know it's very close. It's time in the afternoon. I know it's going to be, I know we want to talk to that for seven, but the, the program will have started uh, thank you for sharing with us, Sam yeah. Canman. This is a very emotional moment oh. for you, but I think for a lot of people in Springfield to share with somebody locally uh, the experience they've had and, and what you're doing today, uh, houses where relatives live, they were taken out of and eventually passed away. Uh, a, a, a very moving moving moment, and uh, we, we wish you well and safe travels home, my friend. Okay, thank you, and thank you for calling. I appreciate it. You're welcome, my friend. Take care. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.